Hello and welcome to the Go Encourage podcast, where I talk to real people about real life, trying to gain insight from their experiences around courage and their thoughts on the topic. On today's episode, I'm talking to Becca Francis, who's an actress, a singer and a dancer, recently performed in Mother Goose with Sir Ian McKellen and John Bishop at London's West End. Really excited to be talking to her today, so let's get the conversation started. So here we are in the studio with Becca Francis. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really pleased you joined us today. I've never done anything like this. Really? Yeah. You've done quite a lot of cool stuff I have stuff done though, a lot of cool stuff, but I'm privileged that you've asked me to come. Amazing. Who knows what I'll say? Let's see. Let's see. All right. <laughs> yeah. So so kicking it off straight away, what I ask every guest every time is what does your name mean? Yeah. Do you know? I mean... Luckily, you are. You said that you were going to ask me that because I had no idea. Okay. I googled it. You don't watch think, the podcast. You haven't been watching every single episode. No, well, I, I've watched a few. <laughs> I've watched a few, and I had to Google what my name means. And I think in the Hebrew it means captivating, Ooh. which I thought was quite Ooh, cool. And I liked cool that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like captivating, and like there was another word, snare. I think it said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I liked that. Captivating. Yeah. Oh, that plays in quite nicely. Yeah, I think, I think so. With what, you, yeah, what you do. Exactly. All right, we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So um, where are you from? I am from Bracknell. Bracknell. Born and bred. I've had a few people um, from Bracknell on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not too far from here. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm disclosing where we are. We could be anywhere. <laughs> we could be anywhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I grew up there with my family. I'm one of five. Okay. So I'm the youngest. Wow. I don't know if that like says anything about me. Well, we'll but see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I'm the youngest. So brothers, sisters. I've got three brothers and one sister. Okay. And I have twin brothers. If that that's, that's quite cool. a cool fact. Yeah. Um, identical. They're non-identical, okay. and they're very different, but for very like very different reasons. And I love them both. Um, but yeah, I lived there. Um, what else? And my parents separated. So my, then my dad moved to Cheltenham, right. um, which I love. I love Cheltenham. And I used to go there all the time. And it was like a little holiday destination. So nice. that was cool. But That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. All right. That's it. So, so thinking back to that stage of life, was there an aspiration that you had? Oh, I want to be this when I grow up or I want to. Yeah. yeah. I, I always wanted to be a singer and an actress and a dancer. Um, like always I joined a choir I remember joining a choir when I was in year three my choir teacher was called Miss Ray I remember her saying like oh you have a really good voice and I just ran with that and I was just like okay I'm gonna be a singer but even before then in nursery I I remember my dad recorded everything when we were younger so we Mm -hmm. watched a lot of it back which Mm -hmm. is really cool and I did a production of Goldilocks and the Three Bears at nursery and obviously I was Goldilocks (laughs) like that was probably where it started but when I watched the video back I was actually rubbish but quite quite good for a three-year-old like I knew all my lines when you watched the video back when you were yeah like recently oh recently yeah I watched it recently and I was like oh rubbish but actually quite good for a three-year-old so yeah I've always wanted to be singer actress dancer but yeah so the next question would be, what do you actually do now? <laughs> that makes me, that makes me giggle because I guess I could say now that I am an actress Yay. and musical theatre performer, and I that's what I did my degree in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently got a professional credit in it, so I actually physically can say now that I am an actress, which is really cool. 
because I wanted to be that my whole life. Mm. And I don't take that lightly because I think it's quite, I think it's a really amazing thing to know what you want to do. But mm. A lot of my friends when I was at school didn't know what they wanted to yeah, do. Sure. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword because if you know what you want to do, there's a lot of room for disappointment. Mm. And I think I sat in that for a while after I graduated. I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. Mm. But now that I've kind of done it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels all worth it. And I feel really proud of me. And like, when I look back at that little three-year-old, I'm like, oh my gosh, we did it. Yeah, you know what I mean? So that's it. cute. Oh, I like yeah. That. yeah. Um, so yeah. What's really interesting there as well, like is your teacher, Mrs. Miss Ray, Miss Ray. Was, Miss Ray. Yeah. She spoke those words over you. Yeah. And that gave you, you know, some kind of, I don't know, confidence. Yeah. You could call it prophecy. You could yeah, call yeah, it whatever yeah. you want, but you know, that was spoken over you and, and you, you sort of held on to that. Yeah, definitely. And I think I've done a bit of teaching now since mm -hmm. I've been um, out of school and I'm now really careful what I say to my students mm. because I'm like, wow, what if I am that person's moment in the story? Like mm. my teacher Becca said this to me and it, I did, I did this after. So yeah. I kind of want to be that person for someone else now, which mm. is really cool. But yeah, I mean, shout out to all the teachers cause yeah. they're amazing. And even my old drama teacher, um, her name was Mrs. Manning and she, she was, she's a huge inspiration to me and she's probably the reason why I even went to drama school because mm. of her lessons and the relationship that we had and she was just so encouraging and inspiring. So that's nice. Drama teachers are the best. They are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I had, a, I, had a, I think one of the best teachers I had was uh, our drama teacher, yeah. Mrs. Joyce, if you're watching. Uh, but um, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. And again, it is that kind of just, I think we can easily have a ceiling on our life and go, I'm going to be a... And I don't want to say anything in case people have dreamt of being that, but I just want to be a this or a that. Yeah. But actually some of these people that we, you know, encounter in life, teachers, mentors, uncles, mm. aunties, whatever, just give you that glimpse of, well, actually, have you reached for the stars? Yeah. And I think that's what life is about. You're not meant to do life on your own. Mm. And that's so obvious in how, like, you know, in in society, it's kind of meant that everyone should have a partner. Mm -hmm. Like everything's about, a relationship or you know we have these specific days to celebrate mums and dads mm. and love and so it's like we're all geared to basically life is telling us don't do it on your own mm. all the time mm. and I think teachers when you're younger have a huge part to play in that because yeah. you see them probably sometimes more than you see your own family sometimes like grandparents and stuff you probably see your English teacher more mm. than you would see your own grandma so they have a huge impact in your life definitely and 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 everyone's got different circumstances as well yeah you know, what sure. you assume as a as a 2.4 children household yeah. isn't isn't really the case 100 percent, 100 percent, and that's yeah i love it big up teachers big up teachers come on teachers <laughs> <laughs> um so can you tell us a bit about your acting world like we we're naturally there so it'd be yeah, really cool yeah. to see i think you've been in something recently that was quite big yeah i mean yeah i just <laughs> do you know what when i talk about it, i still can't believe it because so i graduated i did four years musical theater professional training mm -hmm. where was that graduated from um ppa in guildford i studied guildford. in guildford yeah. in 2021 mm -hmm. um got my ba honors in musical theater and i got an agent and basically that's how you get a job 
usually in the performing arts world is you have an agent and they put you up for auditions and Mm. things like that. So I graduated and um, had an agent and I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. I had really cool auditions, didn't really get anything through. Um, I actually went on to do another job. I was au pairing for a family, Mm -hmm. um, which was really cool. And yeah, so I was just auditioning and then a job just, it just kind of came out of nowhere. This job called Mother Goose was needing a swing, um, which is someone who covers all the ensemble and is just ready to do anything basically. Um, And I got given the role and it was crazy. And it was, um, yeah, like the craziest thing ever because I think I'd waited so long to get a part and I think like I said before that whole year I was out of school Mm -hmm. was really difficult because I was like what if I don't get anything and I was auditioning and constantly being rejected Mm -hmm. left right and center I think you know just being told it wasn't the right time or you know I didn't look right I didn't sound right and just being attacked like for personally what I could bring which Mm -hmm. is really hard but it is what you sign up for when you join this industry so when I got the job, I was like, I cannot believe it. And then I got the contract through and then I signed the contract. <laughs> and then, you know, I met with my agent and he was like, this is what you're going to do. And then I started rehearsals. So yeah, the job, uh, it's called Mother Goose. It was a panto and it was one of the best times of my life so far. Come on. Yeah. We did six weeks in the West End, which is like, I don't know, like the biggest dream come true to like say that I've worked in the West End. Yeah, and then we did a 12 week UK tour. So that was really fun. Oh, up and down. Yeah, yeah. So we went um, a week to loads of cities. We went to Cardiff, Dublin, Sheffield, Leicester, loads, Oxford. Really fun. I'm really interested in like the behind the scenes type of stuff. So Mm -hmm. when you you went on, you know, on this tour, is it you and the cast all together, traveling together, or you kind of all meet there? Is there kind of like a camaraderie between you guys? Yeah, I think, well... They say when you're in a show, you do become like a family. Mm. And it is, it's, I didn't understand that before because obviously I'd never been in a show and I'd never done that. But from the day one of rehearsals, you are literally like put together and you're rehearsing, you know, hours a day. And then when you actually get on tour, you're living with these people, eating with these people, like working with these people. Mm. I spent all my time with these people. (laughs) Luckily for me, they were like, the most amazing people ever mm-hmm. and you know so you do become like a family mm. and if you have any like differences or any issues you have to hash them out because at the end of the day you're about to go on stage holding hands singing sure. dancing with these people sure, sure. or you're about to go back to your digs where you live mm. and you have to and we just worked things out and luckily everyone was amazing in the cast and I don't know for me it was my first job mm-hmm. And I got to learn from some of the most incredible people ever. I mean, our lead actor was Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> so excited. So Which was crazy. <laughs> and also we had John Bishop as well, who was lovely. Mm. And they just really showed what it meant to lead a cast. And they were yeah. very generous and like humble and everything like that. And so those are the people that you would know. But mm-hmm. in terms of for me, I was also working with musical theater, in my eyes, royalty, mm-hmm. like the other actors and actresses. I've watched these guys in shows and I had like seen them do their their thing. And then I was suddenly working with them 
in their dressing rooms who living are they with them. give them a little shout out as well well like so I have to shout out my dressing room girls so yeah. it's Genevieve Nicole who's done like every job ever Symbia Kande and Laura Tyra and Mary Barkley like they're all girls that I honestly look up to their careers mm. and I've just learned so much from them um yeah Anna Jane Casey who was um the supporting actress she is awesome she's a mum and she just nailed life basically I thought and it was just inspiring watching people who are older and more experienced mm. like just smash this career and it yeah. gave me hope that yeah I can make this my career yeah. I can do this I can you know own a house and I can have children one mm. day and I can just keep on doing it because it's quite daunting yeah. so it's not either one. all right it's no, both yeah. and you yeah can, exactly yeah. and I think it's just, it's a difficult, sometimes quite isolating career because at the end of the day, we do all of our work at night. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to host a dinner party. But then <laughs> we had loads of dinner parties on tour, but they were just all at 11 p.m., which is fine. <laughs> and it's like more fun that way. Sure. So yeah, I worked with some inspiring people yeah, and I got amazing. to, I got to tick off loads of stuff on my career, like goal list, like mm. working the West End tour. I got to cover a principal role, which was really exciting. Mm. Just amazing. Amazing. Just amazing. And I my mean, agent was brilliant. And yeah. John Bishop, right? I'm a fan. He's the best. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> mm. And then um, so Ian McKellen, mm. obviously well known for many roles. Mm -hmm. And I know Gandalf is like a, a big one that everyone talks about. But he was Magneto. He was like yeah. in the X-Men. Yeah. That's like, what? It's really cool. <laughs> really I mean... Cool. He's an, an incredible actor, but he's mm. also just a, an amazing person. Yeah, so sure. And awesome. I guess like, you know, I, I promise it won't all be about this, but, um, <laughs> you know, you got to see them for who they are and yeah. you know, on a day to day and stuff like yeah, that. It's, it was nice. Like, you know, we did things like we went out for dinners and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it was just, yeah, like I said, it was just a proper family feel, which was really nice especially being away from home yeah sure. um which you know wasn't the best and easiest at some time so I was just glad that I met the people that I met and got the opportunities I got so yeah so last question around sort of being around can I say celebrities um <laughs> is you being one of them now as well um <laughs> did something I don't know did something <laughs> click for you or was there I guess looking from the outside in you know you you could forget that they're human beings and you know yeah. there could be a sort of divide or something within yourself did something happen for you to go well actually I can see myself sort of connecting in this yeah, way yeah I think I think it's quite a different way to meet you know if you were just to meet a celebrity on the street there is that kind of um status where you're probably going to be a bit flustered or you're like oh my gosh there they are or maybe they're like with I don't know an entourage or something mm -hmm. but in theatre everyone's sort of on an equal playing field because you're all you know they say that there's no small parts just small actors so you're you're all should be realistically treated the same and sure. you know I felt like in this job like we were all valued mm. and when you're on that stage what the beautiful thing about acting is that you're not yourself. Mm. So, you know, Ian wasn't Sir Ian McKellen on that stage. He was, he played Mother Goose. Mm. So, and I was his penguin. So <laughs> actually like all of that, like status and um, like celebrity labels were taken away mm. because of the job we were doing. Yeah. So I think it's quite a unique setting to sort of be in with these mm. celebrities because 
we were just the same. We, we actually just became all friends. And so that was really nice about that. Um, but yeah, so does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. And I yeah. think, and I think part of, it kind of goes back to, you know, when we're looking at your name and what it means and captivating mm. and the whole thing about, you know, being an actress mm. and captivating attention and taking people on a journey with your character and yeah, stuff like it's that. it's all about that. It's fascinating. I did A-level theatre studies. So ah, I'm really like interested that. in like, you know, the, the kind cool. of how it works out. And so obviously very small scale, but mm. was part of a few sort of little productions and we, mm-hmm. we sort of... I think one we did one just raising awareness around drugs in the neighborhood and stuff like that. So yeah. we ended up doing a uh, a little production in a police station and brought some youth around and stuff like that. Cool. And and a few other things but but it, it, it the people that I worked with it was just exactly like that. It was like mm. family, like you were in each other's pockets. Yeah. You know, if someone was going through something tough, we were all going through that tough 100%. thing and trying to help them through it and stuff like that, which 100%. I don't think, you know, gets seen a lot or understood. No. Um, because I think people just, you know, see you as someone who just turns up, does it and off you go. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, we warmed up together every day mm. and that was like a time to see everyone and say hi. And I mean, and also sometimes you're doing really vulnerable stuff. I mean, sure. our show was crazy yeah. and it was a panto. Um, we did it for six months. So, we, you know, we just were like every night finding new things to play around with. Mm. But I can imagine if you were doing something quite serious and mm. like something with a bit more depth and meaning behind behind it, you have to respect people and you also have to let people in because what you're mm. doing is so vulnerable. Mm. You need your fellow actors around you to be like, we've got you. And to sort of remind you that you are acting, mm. I guess so it doesn't like affect you or sure. anything like that. Um, but yeah, but we were just having fun and it was just nice to have fun with really kind, lovely people mm. who were friends. Like we were just... Like I jumped on a trampoline for the opening number and nice. I was like, this is crazy. Like <laughs> yeah. I get paid for this. Like yeah, I love cool. it. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that there's an art to, to it as well. Like pick up, picking up on what you just said there, you know, on a on a serious role, if someone was acting aggressively towards you, mm. it's kind of knowing that this isn't real, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I've got to bring some real emotion into this to help yeah. you know pad out the character and help the audience you know understand yeah. what it's like and responses and things so um I think that's why I love acting yeah. I think I, I just I love it and I love I love the whole like element that someone can come into our show and mm-hmm. just generally not think about their life for two mm-hmm. and a half hours and mm-hmm. be so engrossed in what's happening on stage and I think I think we need more of that mm-hmm. like you know people switching off their phones and just watching something entertaining yeah. is is the best and the there's best. something about theater that is so magical in yeah. comparison to you know popping netflix on or going yeah, to like i, I love a movie don't get me wrong yeah. i love going to the me cinema too, and stuff too. you know <laughs> but there is something about watching something happen right in front of you and like you know real people i know the people in the movie are yeah. real as well but it's just it's all there it's live yeah. and then the the, the the responses in real time you the know best. and also just knowing that um these people on the stage this is their dream mm. you don't do this job if it's not your dream mm. I, mm. I can tell you that for free like you you just don't so just knowing when you know like next time you see a show just thinking that person is living their dream mm. or that person 
has auditioned for this show like seven times and then they finally got the call saying they've got it yeah. and they're getting to do that every night. I think that when I go, because I, I guess because I am an actress and I know the other side of it, when I go, I get really emotional for the people on stage who are singing the big song or maybe like someone's on for their understudy and they're finally mm. getting the chance to be the lead. I just find yes. that really emotional. Yeah. And I had a friend come watch me and they were like, I smiled the whole time because I knew how happy you were doing mm. the show. And I think that's such a beautiful moment that I could share with my friends yeah. and my family who have supported me. Like my family have supported me since I was three. Right. Like all the, you know, I did stage school when I was younger, all that money, all that, those times that they gave me lifts mm. coming to watch me in every school show. Mm. Um, it's nice to be able to give something back in the form of entertainment. With Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love it though. I love the whole, because I think, you know, uh, and I don't want to put like, um, I don't want to say this generation, that generation, whatever. I think it's just mentality. People are people. Mm. Um, I think, you know, sometimes people in life get a really lucky break. They were, uh, they were a janitor. I think it was yeah. Harrison Ford. I think he was a janitor or really? something like that. Uh, I could be wrong. Mm. Uh, don't quote me on it. But I think he was doing something and he just ended up just falling into acting. And mm. then, you know, in some of the biggest movies ever. Yeah. Um, and then I think people think that's the norm. Oh yeah, I'll just fall into it. 100%. You know, it'll just happen. But and I actually, think especially in the acting world, we're so saturated with mm. talented people mm. and talented people. Like when I go to an audition, there are usually 10 people who look exactly like me mm. who are waiting for the exact same role. And they're all talented, mm. like by our own right. We've all worked so hard to be here. We've all paid yep. a lot of money to train and we could all get the job. Mm. Sometimes it's just about who you know and yeah, same sure. with every industry and sometimes it's just about having a certain personality trait or maybe you've got more on your cv or you know i've i've heard of incident um incidents what's that word incidents yeah yeah that where people have had more instagram followers and they've just got the job right. which is obviously like not ideal but you sure. just can't like i think for this industry um so many people deserve a chance. Mm. And I think for me, I genuinely just got lucky break. Mm. And I'm hoping that continues because yeah, I'm hopefully. currently unemployed. <laughs> but, That's another thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. In, in that, you know, in that career, it is like... Oh, I'm yeah. employed for so long, like maybe yeah. six months a year or whatever. And then that's it, you know. Yeah. Kind of I mean, I've been out of this job for three weeks now. Right. And I miss it so much. I miss everything about it. Um, but yeah, it's so up and down. Mm -hmm. I had a six month contract. So I knew that after six months, I wouldn't have a job. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing Mother Goose, I was also auditioning for other shows. Right. Obviously, none of them have come into fruition. Mm -hmm. um, I have an audition tomorrow. So Ooh. that's good news. Cool. But yeah, it's so up and down. It's, it's you tell him tomorrow. Yeah, I was on a podcast yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of busy. But yeah, so yeah, just okay. wait to see. So... So in terms of, I want to ask you a little bit more about your personality, but just because we're here, um, touching on what you said earlier and what you said now in terms of, you know, the, the, the you know, job security, mm -hmm. you are your brand, aren't you? Mm. So how you look, how you talk, um, your attitude, I guess, when it comes to finding a job, mm -hmm. whatever stage mm -hmm. your life in life you're in, like if you look like a mum, if you don't look like a mum, it's going to actually impact the roles that you can have if there's if you're playing a mum. Let's 100%. say I'm sure there's all sorts of other examples. It's quite a vulnerable place because you're literally being judged. Yeah. For not who you are, but I guess what people see on the outside. Yeah, I mean, um, 
the first thing people will see of me is my face, mm-hmm. my headshot. Mm-hmm. So I got professional headshots done and that's what they see. And if I don't look right, mm-hmm. then they won't see me in the room. Mm-hmm. If I'm the wrong height, they won't see me in the room. Um, so that's the kind of craziness of this industry. And then when you get in the room, you just want to put your best foot forward and you want to sing the best song. You want to dance the best. You want to give the best acting performance. So it's really, it's really vulnerable Mm. and it's really scary. And what's also quite scary about it is that there's not just one interview with any job. Um, You're going to go for three or four rounds Mm. of the same thing being judged but I think what's important to remember is that the people that are on the panel, we call it a panel, and they want you to be amazing. Hmm. Like the same when you go for a job interview, the person who's interviewing you wants you to be the best fit because sure. they want the job to be done the best it can. Hmm. So I think when I go for an audition, I think to myself, and this might be really naive, but I think to myself, they want me to be amazing. I like that. So I'm going to yeah. be amazing with everything that I've learned and what I have built in Mm. myself like you know trying to keep fit trying to have singing lessons Mm. trying to you know always when I'm watching a film being like what's that actor doing like I'm always doing that because Mm. yeah I am my brand but then also realizing that I can't change my physical appearance too much and you know who I am is who I am and I'm not going to mold into some sort of like different personality trait just to get a job I'm Mm. quite I want to be quite strict on that. Sure. Equally, like, it is my dream and I want to work and I have <laughs> yeah, bills to yeah. pay. So I'm like, oh, it's like a real, it's a real, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that makes so, sense. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, I really like what you said there in terms of looking at the panel as people who are actually for you. They yeah. want you to succeed. What a great way to look at, look at life yeah, like that. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, you can think about that in any job, not just acting. Mm. So, yeah. So Becca, let me ask you, how how do you handle nerves? Because I would imagine that's a big part of, you know, what you do. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, like thinking about nerves just makes me go like, because they're just (laughs) awful. Um, I think how I deal with it is I kind of have that mentality of, Mm. no, Becca, they want you to be amazing Mm. and they want to book you for this part because you're perfect for it. And I don't know, sometimes that can be quite like I said, naive of me being like, oh, they want me to be amazing and I am amazing. But actually that just really helps me in the moment Mm. of thinking I've got this and also just being prepared. What's that phrase where they say, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And I think in this industry, it's 100% that. Mm. Like if I've not learned a song fully or if I've not learned the script or researched the part that I'm auditioning for, Mm. I'm already on the back foot and Mm. the people that are sat next to me are already way ahead. And I think that gives me a real charge of being like when I'm in the room I want to be as prepared as I can mm. so I need to learn all the material um so I deal with that as well in terms of like actually performing um I thought in this job I would be like super nervous but I actually just was super like I had the best time and I was so excited for our first show and there were things I was nervous about like I covered a few parts I was a bit nervous when I went on for them but ultimately I had rehearsed again I had prepared Mm -hmm. this show like we rehearsed a lot as well Mm -hmm. so I felt just that I could enjoy it um but auditions to this day are like the most nerve-wracking thing in the world because you want to make a good impression and I think the effort of making a good impression 
is sometimes worse than the material I have to sing yeah, always. Sure. So yeah, I just I just choose to believe in myself. I love that. Yeah. I love that and it's so like, much. It's not like it, when I say that, I'm not like, I'm just believing in myself. It's actually sure. taken me years to build that. Mm-hmm. But I think if I really want to make this succeed, I have to be my best cheerleader because I think everyone else will probably want to tear you down, mm-hmm. especially in my industry. You know, you meet people and they're amazing, but you could meet people who aren't so amazing and who are after the same job as you and maybe try and tear you down a bit. So mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm like, I have to believe in myself first. Otherwise, what is the point of all the rejection? Right. Or if I don't believe in myself, I'll get one no and I'll be knocked back six spaces. And you can't do that in this industry. Mm. You have to take the rejection as, okay, shrug that off, get the feedback and move on to the next job. And I think that's what I've learned recently mm. in auditioning. And is that, you know, you said you've done the work to get there. Mm. Have you always been like that? Have you been someone who keeps pushing through against no's or did you have to really, I don't know, do something to get there? Yeah, I think... I think I've always been a fairly confident person um, in terms of this career and it being the right career for me. So I think I just didn't want anything to get in the way of that. And there are jobs that, uh, dare I say, like mean more. Like, for example, my ultimate goal would be, I can't remember about to say this on a podcast because then it means that if I do it or I don't do it it's like a thing my ultimate goal is to be in Wicked the musical and I just I've loved that show for Mm. my whole life Mm. and I would love to be in that show so I imagine I'll be more nervous for that audition because it means a little bit more I'm like oh that's like a dream I've had since I was 12 or something like Lame Is Mm. Um, I'd love to be in that show and I have recently auditioned for it and those auditions were a little bit more nerve-wracking just because of how much it means to me personally mm. but I still tackled them the same way as I would every other audition um so yeah, yeah. does that make sense yeah it makes sense it makes yeah. sense I think it's just really refreshing to hear that because I think what I'm picking up from you as well in terms of preparation is mm. there's a lot of discipline involved mm. it's not just hey I love doing this so I'm just going to turn up and see what happens yeah. you know there's a lot of discipline involved yeah um, and there's a lot of mental preparation to be able to you know give it your best yeah. and, and that sounds like it has some impact on the way that you see yourself in the way that you present yourself in the way mm. that you're doing your auditions you know you're coming in at quite a healthy I would say mm. level as opposed to trying to find security of getting the yes or trying to you know um fill voids within yourself that yeah and I think probably what's really helped me with that is that I I love this job but I also love things more than this job like Mm. I love my friends and my family and I have I was gonna say do I I actually don't think I have many hobbies to be fair because I I just like singing dancing and acting but (laughs) I think for me, I've really learned that there is more to life than work. Mm. And I've worked every job under the sun. Right. I'm currently doing like au pairing and I'm teaching on the weekends mm. and I, I work in pharmacy as so well. So because you mentioned teaching before, yeah. what do you teach? What's your... I teach at a stagecoach. So oh, okay. I teach six to 18 year olds mm-hmm. singing, basically dancing, acting on the weekends. And Amazing. I love it. I do love it. Um, you are, yeah. you're Miss Ray to someone else. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I miss Becca to everyone Ms. else. Miss Becca, yeah. Miss Becca. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've worked so many jobs. So I know that this is the right one for me. Mm. So I do take it seriously because I don't want to be working these, like, I've, I, you know, I've been a bar 
what do you call that? Bar, bar person? Yeah, okay, let's go bar, with that. I've, I've poured pints. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, like I said, I've worked in pharmacy. Can you get, can you get it right? Yeah. Can you get it right? Oh, come I think on, that's so. Cool. I think I'm quite, again, I think I'm quite good. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the panel are now your punters, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I know I don't want to be working these jobs forever, mm-hmm. um, but I work them because I have bills to pay. Yeah, sure. And I'm just waiting for the next job. But mm. in the waiting, I am auditioning and singing at home and annoying the people I live with. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> but, yeah. Love it. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about your personality now. Okay. If that's okay. That's fine. So on the introvert extrovert scale, where would you say you're at? I think I could guess, but let's just make it official. It's funny that you giggle because growing up, I told everyone I was an introvert. Really? Like everyone, because okay. I was like, I like my own space, but I am an extrovert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love being with people. And mm. I think being on the tour really made me go, oh, I am a, I am an extrovert mm. because I could live, work and eat with the same people. And that would just, that was like and where I got my energy from. Mm. Um, but okay. yeah. Cool. Nice and easy. <laughs> um, have you taken the love languages test? Do you know the love languages test? I have. Okay. Yeah. I am... I feel like I say, that's really funny you should say that. Um, For ages when I was growing up and I would do the test, words of affirmation was my bottom. Oh, bottom? Like complete. Oh, wow. I didn't care about it. Didn't like nothing anyone would say would like make me, oh, that's so nice. But I think now that I'm more into this career, Mm -hmm. I I think I crave words of affirmation a little bit more. Mm. I think because of some rejection I faced and just the fact that sometimes you know I've I've auditioned for a job and I hear nothing and it makes mm. me go oh so to have words of affirmation in like a relationship and friendship now is probably a little bit more important than it ever has been mm. before so I think it's words of affirmation wow okay yeah. so that's done a complete co- like complete 180 yeah. um I guess it kind of makes sense because it's I mean I'm, I'm not saying it's just this but you know because of your brand and, and your product, if I can say, mm. um, you are looking at words as your ultimate feedback as well. Yeah. And how you're getting on in terms of like your performance and things like that within the acting world. Yeah. But then also you're tying in your, your friends and your loved ones, actually, that, that is a source of much love for you. Yeah. And I think I know how I think about myself. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear it back. So you don't think that you're just going crazy or you don't think that you're being like, again naive like, oh I think I'm this and to have someone back that up in you mm. is really important for me and mm. it's nice to walk into an audition going other people think this too it's not just me yeah. and that's yeah. nice to have that support system around yeah so yeah what's your second one do you know your second one I think it's probably acts of service okay because there's nothing more than I love than people like for example my housemate Sarah one time she cleaned my whole room and I just I could have cried really? it was the best or like if someone says would you like me to hoover your car mm-hmm. 100% amazing 100% did any I'm thinking about your siblings now because there's five of you right mm-hmm. did they do stuff for you being the youngest oh yeah they're all a lot older than me okay so we would always hang out um just wondered if it sparked from yeah there. I don't think actually you guys have not done anything for me <laughs> <laughs> no I think um I can't think of actually that spark from that. Okay. I think it genuinely sparks from choosing this as my career mm. and making sure that I'm just covered in like 
you're doing a good job and I'm yeah, like thank yeah. you so yeah no I love it that's yes. cool um would you say you lean to your logical side or your more emotional side I think I used to be very logical mm-hmm. and now I am definitely more emotional mm-hmm. in terms of uh just feeling something and and going with that I think I can't plan too much in my life right now because I don't have much to plan (laughs) and also I don't want to plan too far in the head because I don't know when my next job will be or if I get a last minute audition or where I I'm gonna live um so I think I'm more in the emotional side now and I'm quite I enjoy that about myself Mm -hmm. um because I'm a a bit more I'm more in tune with myself than I ever have been basically and I think that's really helpful especially when you're in an industry that you are presenting yourself. It's nice to know yourself mm-hmm. and know what you're presenting and know what you can handle. I'm a big fan of that at the moment. You don't have to answer with your exact age, but what kind of ballpark are we looking in at if I asked you your age? <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> I'm 25. You're 25. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and the reason I asked that is just, you know, you made a really big statement there in terms of, you know, being in a really good place within yourself and you're 25 and that's, mm. that's, you know, that's an achievement. Mm. Like that's, a, that's a really big achievement to be able to, and I'm not saying, listen, you've got, you've, you're going to grow, right? You're going to yeah. find stuff out. Yeah. Um, you haven't quite reached perfection, <laughs> but, but it's a really strong place to be at an yeah. early, early stage in your life. You I know? think I've only got to this stage and yeah, I'm definitely know I need to grow more and, need to get better at things and I will obviously have more life experience Mm. as I grow up because I am only 25 and I I know that I'm not saying I've got everything together um but I think I got to a place where I was not okay Mm. and I think I can say this because I've done some work in the last year that has really brought me to a place where I am so much better and I am okay Mm. and I think looking back at that journey as awful as it as it was, I'm sat here today going, I'm actually in a really good place. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at hindsight where I was, that's how I've determined that I'm in a good place. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And you know, my question's going to be, Yeah. what was the journey? (laughs) What was the journey? Um, I lost my dad last year. Oh, sorry. So that, and it was quite unexpected. Um, And it just, blew everything up in my life as you can imagine and I think it taught me a lot about myself obviously as as that would and you know if we're speaking about courage today and stuff it definitely brought out every bit of courage that I had in me to sort of like deal with that and Mm. deal with that situation and, and carry on and things so yeah my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer And it was completely unexpected as in, you know, one day we were having our normal, I used to work in a pharmacy on Sunday and he would meet me on my lunch break at an hour. You really have done every job, haven't you? (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) honestly, if any casting directors are listening, please hire me. Um, Yeah, he, it went from having lunch every Sunday together to one Sunday him being like, I don't really feel very well. Mm -hmm. And me being like, oh, that's so weird. Like maybe you should go to the doctor's. And him being like, no, it's nothing. Like, And then the next week, you know, he fainted at work and that was also really unexpected. And mm. then the week after that, it was, 
you've got stage four cancer. And then the week after that, it was like, you've got six months to live. Wow. So this all happened in such a short space of time. And my world just like literally just stopped really. And my dad, yeah, sadly passed away three months and 13 days after his diagnosis. So that time was the craziest time of my life. Like it really was. And I quit all my jobs, mm. <laughs> like all seven of them at the time. And I moved back home. And I just like was hanging out with my dad and stuff. Yeah, that that was just the craziest time ever. And then when he passed away, I then had to deal with the aftermath of that. And that aftermath was, I think, realizing that I wasn't okay. Mm. And I think grief is a little bit different because even though death is completely a normal part of this life that we've signed up to, I just also think that losing someone so significant so young mm. obviously has a massive impact and and so quickly and like, so quickly yeah. and you know like I don't know like if this is a weird thing to say but when I look at a tragic loss you know like a car crash or something I don't know why I whispered that it just mm -hmm. feels very sensitive or like something like cancer and watching someone die and I think I would have chosen the other way mm. which is crazy to think that because I got to say goodbye but watching someone die was awful. And it brought out a lot of anxiety in me, a lot of, um, I kind of came out of it with huge abandonment issues. That was no one's fault. Yeah, sure. um, but I developed severe paranoia mm -hmm. and yeah, a lot of anxiety and paranoia to the extent that I was, I would say probably the most thing I feared at that time was myself mm. and my mind. And I know the mind is so powerful It is, yeah. and I was terrified that I had completely lost control. I laugh about it now, but I was thinking things that I were just not true and mm. I would believe them and I would dream about them and I would put them into my real life as fact. And even things about my close friends, Harriet and Sarah, they're like my, shout out Harriet and Sarah, they're mm. like my bestest friends ever. And we went away and my dad basically paid for us to go away. And it was a trip that my dad and I were going to go on. And he was like, you need to go, you need to. And I was like, I'm going to go on my own. He was like, no, just take Harriet and Sarah. And I was like, it makes sense. Mm. So we all went and I was so paranoid on that trip that they were going to like leave me and fly home and take all my money. Like mm. just like crazy things that when I look back now, I'm like, Becca, why would you ever think that? Mm. But it was just pure fear and anxiety and paranoia and yeah, I was so scared of myself, which I think is, I don't know. I think many, many people who have suffered with anxiety or paranoia or depression can relate yep. that you're not scared of the world. Mm. You're actually scared of how you see yourself in the world. Mm. And sometimes you can't see a way out. There are days where I would be absolutely fine and I would go to work in the pharmacy or I'd have an audition, I'd be absolutely fine. And then I'd come home and I'd completely break down. And that was terrifying. Mm. Like, I was like, how can I be two completely separate people? Yeah. I'm an, I know I'm an actress, sure. but I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it was scary that how up and down I was. So yeah, I think that was the scariest thing ever. Also being in that, missing my dad. Yeah, of course. And grieving the loss of that and having to plan funerals and having to be like, whoa, like he's not going to be here for things. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's how, when I look how I was then and how I am now, mm-hmm. literally a year later to mm-hmm. probably to the date, actually, it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of myself and I'm very thankful to everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still on my grieving journey, sure. but I'm not scared of it anymore. So, yeah. And it sounds like, you know, we were talking earlier on about being on, uh, being on a tour yeah. with, with your cast members mm-hmm. and sort of living out of each other's pockets and, 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 and being in that kind of community environment and how powerful that is. And then here with your dad, um, mm. with Sarah and Harriet, I'm sure there were others. Mm-hmm. And being in that community is so important because yeah. if you're having, you know, thoughts that are irrational, harmful, things yeah. like that, and you try and deal with that on your own, we're, we're just not made for that. Yeah, you know, it's like humans. I said at the beginning, mm. we're meant to do life with other people mm. and we're, we're meant to do life in other with other people when it's like really good yeah, and also when it's really bad. And I learned that more than I ever could have imagined mm. last year. And I'm so grateful for all those people. And, you know, even the people who I've worked with recently, they knew all of my story. And, you know, there were times where that job was so hard because ultimately the one person I would have liked to have been there wasn't there. Yeah, sure. And they saw me through all of those times, like, you know, just being really emotional, but also like, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, I was in the most amazing place ever. I had all my dreams had basically come true. Mm in one job in that moment yeah but I was like half happy because my dad wasn't there and it was yeah. it was you know it was in the same year that those things happened mm. my dad passing away and me getting my a dream job mm. like crazy like you couldn't write that stuff no, you couldn't. like but you have to choose I think I just had to choose to live my life and mm. not go back to being scared of feeling these things and just allowing them to feel but, yeah. I like that, like not not avoiding the feeling, yeah. Allowing the the feeling to come, yeah. And 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 feel the feeling, right? When it comes, when and it I comes. I have to, I had to learn that. Like I had to learn many things. Mm. I used to be like when you asked me if I was logical or emotional. I used to be so logical. I mm. used to never cry about things. Like mm. I used to say emotions were a waste of time. <laughs> Crying's a waste of time. I'm laughing because I can relate. Yeah, that's all, it, yeah. It, and do you know what? Yeah. In some ways. It kind of is like mm. having to stop and cry about yeah, something. I'm like, efficient. oh my gosh, like I've got <laughs> stuff to do. But when something hits you like that, there is no way I could have run away mm. from that. And I, it hit me like like a you know a car crash, and mm. I had to deal with it because my whole world's basically stopped. And I am, you know, I'm grateful for that time that I had to heal, and mm. grateful that. Um, you know, I got taken in by a friend's parents and that was like so helpful for me. Amazing. So I didn't have to worry about where I was living. You know, I, you know, because I am a self-employed actor, I didn't have to worry about my paychecks too much because mm. they were so generous to me Amazing. and just everything like that. But what I will say is that we're not meant to do life alone, mm. but my friends, you know, aren't professionals at the end of the day. Sure. And I, I decided to seek out help, mm. medic, medical, medical help. And I think that's probably the bravest thing I've ever done. Mm. And just admitting, okay, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help. Mm. And I saw a therapist and it changed my whole life. It really did. Amazing. And, you know, some people might not need that. And some people might need more than that, like actual, like medicine Mm. um, and stuff like that. But having a therapist was 
amazing for me. I'm a I'm a strong believer that everyone needs a therapist. Oh yeah. Yeah, like really. Like yeah. I was so anti it before mm-hmm. I got some therapy and I was like come on that's for other people not me I'll <laughs> yeah. work this out that's cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a smart, I'm oh, a smart I was guy. the same <laughs> yeah. I was the same but maybe then, for the people who really need it right yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to take like, that resource what would I talk about yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would I remember I would drive to therapy so to be honest it was the people in my life that really were like do you think you might need some therapy and I was like oh yeah yeah I will I will put it off for ages um and then when it got really bad I was like okay I'm, I'm finally ready to go mm. and actually they do say you should give it three months after a loss before going to I went to specific grief counseling um which was really helpful but you know we didn't just touch on grief we touched on everything and um I would drive to therapy going I just have no idea what I'm going to talk about (laughs) and I'd get there and I'd just cry or I'd get Mm. there and I'd have so much to say or you know a therapist's job is to ask you questions um and she was amazing and you know what my therapist she wasn't magic Mm -hmm. and I don't particularly believe that like what we spoke about was like you know completely groundbreaking but just the act of speaking Mm -hmm. every week with someone who wasn't a friend and didn't know me and had no like previous Mm -hmm. conceptions of me was so helpful and I just felt I slowly I slowly but surely felt more human again Mm -hmm. after I did it for six months and to be fair I could go back again and I think I probably will at some point but yeah, it just saved me. Mm. But I had to make that decision. I think, yeah, I just think it was the bravest thing I've ever mm. done. Oh, come on. Yeah. Bit of courage. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I, do. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll choose, I'll have more things to be brave about. But that was such a scary time. Mm. And I am so thankful that I did that. And that I had people around me going, subtly being like, do you think you should call mm. this number or like, which was really helpful. They're better than me because I'm pretty blatant with some of my friends. I'm like, you need to see a therapist. They're like, yeah. no, 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 bro, bro, bro. You need to see a therapist. They're like, no. Well, there's no. probably times that they were like that. I've just chosen not to remember. Oh, okay. Locked it out. <laughs> yeah. But it is, um, and again, you know, it's almost like I'm really dumbing it down now. So no offense to any therapists, but it's like having a living journal. Oh, like yeah. it's talking back to you. It's uh-huh. giving, you know, they're giving you questions that you haven't asked yourself. And just like, you know, you prepare for acting mm-hmm. and I do what I do for my, my career and stuff mm. like that. They're fully trained to hear what you're saying and take you and hold your hand on a journey yeah. and help you actually decide what you want to decide for yourself. Yeah. You know, I think there's a stigma around, oh, they're going to tell you what to do and then I have to do homework and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's not that at all. It's, no. it's almost like holding a mirror up and saying, you know, let's, let's help you yeah. on a journey, you know. And what you said um, about journaling, I'm, I'm really not an expert, and mm-hmm. I, but I have, you know, I've gone... I've gone through therapy and and things like that. I tried journaling Mm -hmm. and for me, I found it um, probably not helpful in the sense of I would write a journal about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And then the next day when I came to write another journal, I would read back what I've written and that just wasn't very helpful for me. So I think, yeah, going to a living, breathing journal was nice because I could just leave it all there. And then next week they would bring back the highlights of Mm. like what we spoke about last week and go from there. I think that was helpful to have a controlled environment Mm. when you're dealing with stuff like that, when it's your mind and it's Mm. your experiences was really helpful. 
Two things. One, you haven't used the Courage Journal because the Courage Journal is the best journal you'll ever use. I've not used oh, this. I've got, to get, I've got to get you a copy of the Courage okay, Journal good. made by Going Courage ourselves. So Perfect. yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> That's a little plug. But No, I would, yeah, I would love to look at that. But the other point I was going to say was in terms of therapy and going on a journey, mm-hmm. you said something earlier on about your mind being such a powerful tool. Mm. And it's so important that we look after it so and having a therapist is such a i mean there's other things we're not saying therapy is the be all and end all but no, no. but it's a helpful you know uh, resource to mm-hmm. tap into to kind of get you and you don't have to get to a complete wreck in order no. to have a therapist so i'm just throwing that out there for people who are listening oh, that's, who are, one, that's that's so true that mm-hmm. is so true because i think i will now go mm-hmm. back to therapy therapy for more preventative mm-hmm. manners and just also just sure. for more self growth because of you know I did that because I hit rock bottom and it built me back up but Mm. now I don't want to just I don't want to ever plateau or stay Mm. in the same place like I do want to so maybe actually the courage journal will be really good for me now (laughs) because I can actually journal like (laughs) normal things rather than like you know sad really sad things I went to um not that you asked but I'm just checking this in here (laughs) um I I went to a therapist like years and years ago and it was really I went through anxiety and stuff and it Mm -hmm. it was really helpful and then I will 10 years later, I went back to him. It was only last year, actually. It was actually before we started podcasting, which is, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's connected. But anyway, I was like, hey, you know, can you see me? And he's like, cool. And so, you know, I got in touch with him and um, we had an hour session and half an hour was just filling him in, like what's been going on. Yeah. And then he sort of just came back at me and he just, because he'd seen the journey and which I've, to be honest, I've forgotten so much stuff. His words of affirmation were so strong over me in hey you've remember that thing you were struggling with it's not even it's not even in your life anymore mm-hmm. like you've come a long way and I think having that living journal to check back on and to go oh where am I at now like that's a it's a powerful powerful oh, tool. I can see how that would actually be super powerful mm. um so I'm wondering is there like a routine or a habit that you have in your life that keeps you grounded you know some people do meditation yoga some mm-hmm. people go out for walks whatever is there a habit that you that you use I I actually, at the moment, just don't have any routine. Mm-hmm. I think since finishing the job, I don't have any routine. It's actually quite embarrassing. But I have, um, this is, I have been running, doing okay. couch to 5K. Okay. So it's really good. I did it with Sarah during lockdown and um, I decided to do it again. And that's been really good. Um, in terms of like other routine or habit things i don't know if i've really got any so so if we if we go into the running what's the motivation behind the running what's what's um i think a couple of motivations one just trying to keep bit fit like when i was doing the show i was doing cardio twice a day like and you just keep physically fit Mm. but also because i am such a terrible runner Mm. i don't think about anything while i'm running Mm. apart from running and like not dying (laughs) breathing so that's been really helpful I think just having like you know 30 minutes where I don't Mm. think about anything I just run and also like it's scientific like the endorphins you get after a Mm. run are amazing and I hate to be that person but I'm just like I just love how I feel after I've ran or I've gone to the gym or something Mm. um but that's it have other habits just I don't know is like vulnerability a habit I don't know like yeah I think my friends and I are really honest with each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to a dinner with two of my friends the other week and some I just got some bad news because bad news follows me sometimes. <laughs> and I just I was like, this has just happened. And they were like, okay. So we spent the, the first like 20 minutes of the dinner just like speaking about what had mm-hmm. happened and how I felt. And then we just carried on as normal. Mm-hmm. So I think 
yeah, I try to make vulnerability a habit, which hasn't been a habit for me in the past. Mm. So I think I'm trying to make that a, a habit for me. And I found that really helpful. And I yeah. think it's also, if you start being vulnerable with someone, nine times out of 10, they're going to be vulnerable with mm. you. Mm. So I think not only helping yourself, but you're also helping other people, yeah. which also makes you feel good. So, yeah. And there's so much courage in it as well. That's the oh thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so weird because you think if you're vulnerable, you're 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 weak, you know? Yeah. Or you're not showing that you've yeah. got it all together. But actually there's, 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 there's bravery in yeah. saying, I haven't got this all together or, or something's happened and yeah. I didn't handle it well or I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, I think the reality is that the things we fear mm. are usually real tangible things for example i have a very irrational fear of slugs like i just do slugs. it's it's the weirdest okay. thing um but that is so irrational because slugs actually don't affect me mm. but like fearing something like people's opinions of you that is a real thing because mm. the reality is that people are going to have opinions of you what you need to try and change is how that affects you mm. and i always think that when we if we can overcome a fear that takes like say say we thought of our bodies or our minds as like a shelf mm -hmm. if you had all your things that you thought or felt or feared on a shelf if you took one away there's an empty space for something else to go in mm -hmm. so um I think for me if I thought of something really quickly I said to myself one day this is so bold I'm not gonna worry about money ever well wow. and I just took whatever fear I have about money and I just got rid of it I don't know how. I, wow. I just did it. You just did it. Just but went. what that meant was that that left space on my shelf. And I think what went into it mm. was generosity and mm. like peace. Mm. And so everything that I took out, other things filtered in. Amazing. So yeah, if you can take things out, I promise that things will go in. And I don't have a lot of money and I don't, you know, I work lots of jobs just to sort of afford life, but I don't have fear about it. Wow. still and I think it's because I let other things go in yeah and I think that's how I see it if I fear something the only thing I can't get over is my fear of slugs I just can't <laughs> I physically can't but I, what I'm trying to say is that I think if we call things out it makes them smaller mm. and I think if you're vulnerable with your friends it, it can help in that moment yeah. making your problems not smaller but seem more approachable and more tangible. Sure. With trusted people. I'm just oh, underlining yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Slugs. Okay. So scary. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what it is. You, we had a spider in the studio earlier mm -hmm. and you were like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, so I don't mind spiders. Okay. But if there was a slug, I would have had to walk out. Wow. I would have said, rebook me in. Re I can't do it. <laughs> I can't, can't do it today. Do Not today. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. But I yeah. really like that. I'm, I'm going to have to process that later, but just in terms of the, the shelf yeah. and, and, you know, if, if you take that worry of money, it could be like if I was applying Anything. it to my life, I'd pick something and go, well, actually that's taking up space on my shelf, on mm. my up here shelf, mm -hmm. I, you know. I think I'm quite a visual person mm. and I think that just helps me a lot. And there are, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to accept that maybe that will just always be there sure but how can you like dress it or how can you give it a smaller space or how can you yeah put something on top of it not mm. like 
masking the problem and like I don't want to ever do that because I've done that where I've like pushed emotions down I was like so good at this and I would push emotions down because I do you know Enneagram Mm. Enneagram. oh yes the test yeah so I'm an Enneagram seven right so our main thing is that we don't want to be hurt ever so I would like push all my emotions down Mm. and then one day they would all just come out and Mm. that was awful Mm. and like my friends can testify to that there's like the worst days ever yes um so I never want to mask something but if I can like push something aside or I can put you know something next to it to guard it and mm-hmm. that would be helpful especially if it's something that's not actually going to add any value like worrying about something yeah it's not gonna if you can't control the thing what, oh what exactly do, you know yeah um so there's that and then touching on emotional stuff and irrationality and all the rest mm-hmm. of it if you don't I think we said feeling the feeling right feeling the mm. grief and stuff if you don't actually allow those feelings to be felt um I don't know if that's grammatically correct as a sentence. <laughs> yeah, it but, makes sense though. <laughs> but it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, they're going to come out somewhere, right? Something somewhere yeah. is going to snap. Some, exactly. You know, there's going to be anxiety, depression. There's yeah. going to might be a physical, you know, um, symptom or something. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. really important that we actually tackle them head on. Yeah. And if I, I just knew that with my sort of like dealing with like paranoia and stuff, if I didn't call it out, mm-hmm. it would remain true in my, in my brain. And the things that I thought were true were absolutely the opposite of the truth. So just speaking about them again, just being really vulnerable and saying, this is what I think is true. And to have someone who you trust go, Mm. let me tell you that's not true, Mm. is healing and Mm. is power and just helps. And I know that that's not, that's like such a specific scenario, but I think you can apply it to loads of different things. Um, Especially with, especially when you're talking about courage and, you know, Courage can mean many things to different people. But in that moment, for me, courage was just saying how I felt. Mm. And to someone else, maybe that's what they do every day. Um, So yeah, it's all relative, isn't it? Like everything in life is relative. And what I'm going through and what you're going through hold the same power in both of our lives, Mm. but they're just different scenarios. And I think that's really important to remember as well I think so too I think you know we start off in in different starting points yeah and generally speaking we all are trying to end at the same destination yeah which is love basically yeah yeah yeah. and so we all kind of you know we it's really easy to compare ourselves with each other and say well you know it worked for Becca so you know it's going to work for me or whatever and sometimes yeah there are shared experiences Mm -hmm. that are really helpful but it's also knowing well what's right for me and sometimes we don't know what's right for ourselves yeah hence the therapy hence the friendships hence the journals hence the habits whatever it is to try and get you on that path yeah you kind of already naturally got there but I was going to ask you so when you think of the word courage what comes Mm. to mind you know um I, I don't actually know what the definition is, but like for me, it would probably be doing something that doesn't seem natural in okay. the moment. Right. Maybe that's how I would think it. And I can just think about scenarios that haven't, I've stepped out in faith and courage that have not actually felt natural, mm. but the outcome is always that I've felt relieved Mm -hmm. empowered encouraged you know I've gotten the result that I wanted or if I haven't got the result in something I've I've seen the positives in what's happened Mm -hmm. I think whenever you step out in courage and you know that you're doing the right thing and you know that it's not going to harm anyone else around you the outcome can only be positive Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's like the optimist in me but I think there's power in just 
allowing yourself to see things from other angles. Mm. And when you do something, when you when you take a step and you're like, this is what I've done and this is the outcome, is that you've done something. Yeah. That's better than nothing. Yeah. And that's better than just sitting at home thinking about and listen, I'm an overthinker. Sure. I overthink everything. So I can I can really like uh I'm just really good at sitting thinking this is what's gonna happen. Mm. And actually when I've gone and done it, the outcome is so not what I thought. Mm. And it's less scary and it's worked out well and everyone's okay. Everyone's all you right. Know? Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Everyone's fine. Um but yeah. And obviously there are situations where that require more courage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you can kind of maybe get someone else to help or bring someone else on board or just believe in yourself. You've said some statements there that all take courage to believe in yourself, right? You need some courage, right? To get help, you need some courage, right? (laughs) To be an optimist, you need courage courage because it's so easy to be a pessimist, right? It's easy to say, oh, that's not going to work or whatever. There's literally no effort. So, so there's a few things you said there that all take an element of bravery and, and, Mm -hmm. and and a risk taking sort of mindset to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been one to have a plan B, right? which sometimes hasn't gone great, like (laughs) like, genuinely, like, but usually my plan A will remain plan A, Mm -hmm. but will have slight differences. Sure. So I'm always like, oh, I'm doing my plan A, but actually I've adapted. And I think that's a skill in itself. Mm. So I think being adaptable and being optimistic, partnered with courage, what can go wrong? What can go wrong? Exactly. (laughs) Only good things can happen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, Mm. Is there a movie, a book or a play? Let's throw a play Mm. into it. That's really sort of ignited courage in you or inspired you in some way. Um, I probably fit pick my favorite film my favorite film ever is the blind side oh my god have you seen it yeah i love the blind side and that's been my favorite film for years like if there was a quiz about my life that would be number one and actually i encourage people to have a favorite film and a favorite song because it's just like i don't know i think says a lot about a person i like that I, i get I get, so some of my friends who watch the podcast say, you say amazing a lot, Rick. So you need to like mm. choose a different word, word, but it is amazing. Yeah. I am amazed by that film. Yeah, like, me too. It's such a great film. And it's a true story it's as well, It's a true right? story. That's why mm. I love it. Mm. It's based on a true story. It makes me want to be a better person. Absolutely. That's the only, that's the only thing I can say about that film. Mm. It, it makes me laugh. It makes me cry. I love the actors in mm. it. Um, I love the story. Um, I just love it. And it breaks, no, I basically, I think that film, the underlying thing in what I take away from it is that it breaks all the stereotypes mm. and it just makes me want to do good. Yeah. So when I watch that, I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to give to charity yeah, now, yeah, yeah. or I need to go and do this, this, and this. And I, I love films that make you feel like that. Mm. But I mean, there are some courage, like courageous steps in that film alone, so many. but that film just makes me want to be a better person. Mm. So agree. that's why I love it. Uh, uh, all the scenes are coming to me now so i don't good. want to spoil it for anyone no, who hasn't watched it but yeah just so good and 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 the, and the central character you know how she yeah just her responses yeah i mean sandra I'm bullock like, is my favorite actress she's br- i think it, by far it's the yeah. best uh, i think the best role that she's had in all yeah. of what she's done it's just phenomenal you know she is and so she's been in a lot it. of good stuff as yeah. well but, yeah um, but i love that film mm, it's mm. you i come away from that film feeling like I could conquer the world yeah, with kindness, yep, yep, like yep, genuinely. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, it yeah. really challenges you. It the does. The blind side. Go watch the blind side. Yeah, it's so, the blind good. Side. It's so, so good. It's so good. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on the mm-hmm. same page as you. Sorry. My, I'm, I've, I got lost in the film now, but the question was, <laughs> yeah. has it inspired you? And it sounds yeah, like it has. Yeah, it def- definitely does. Excellent. And it is my favorite film for that reason. Mm. Yeah. Phenomenal. 100%. Um, so drawing from your experiences, I know we've talked a little bit about the loss of your dad mm-hmm. and, and, and some of the things that you've had to mentally uh look at when in your acting career as well mm-hmm. um can you think of any experiences where you'd had to really like a specific one where you had to really put it on the line take a risk and maybe you were like oh i can't do this um i think i don't know i don't want to not to repeat myself but i think the obvious answer would be oh my job i take risks every day mm-hmm. with um auditions I go for and also just a risk being in the industry not knowing when your next job will be um not having the most stable income or life and whatever but I I just I think that um all my experiences about my dad was probably Mm -hmm. the the top at, at the moment and I think I so when I when my dad got ill I was living in London Mm -hmm. and I left that and I wouldn't have done any other decision. But I think leaving that to go back home and to sort of like be closer to my dad, I I don't regret that at all because mm. I got that time with him. Yeah. And it, you know, it was like, I think I moved and then six weeks later he was, he passed away. Um, but I think that was really courageous purely because I spent a lot of time building that life up for myself, like the mm. London life. And, mm. and then moving back and I'm still kind of living at home but just like it's taken me longer to build that basically and I think I'm just I think actually the most courageous thing I I've done was accept it that Mm. that happened Mm. just accepting that that happened and you know everything will feel better and get better and doing the work like it's just you gotta you've just gotta do the work mm. and i I knew in myself I didn't want to stay that way, yeah. and I didn't want you know I don't know if we'll call them like a mental illness, I didn't want them to define me, mm. and I still struggle like sometimes, sure. but like I said earlier, I'm in a much better place now, and I'm so glad that I made those decisions, and I'm glad about the people I had around me um yeah. And I would do it. I would do it again. You do I, it again, kind of, yeah. <laughs> As in, you would approach it with. I would that approach same, it the same yeah, thing. Yeah. And I get it. It's not easy. Mm. I'm not. I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh, I did it. Like mm. I got out. Like it was awful, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Mm. And there are still times where I slip back into that, and I have to check myself, and I have to ring a friend, and I have to mm. take a day off, yeah. and that is fine. Like, but I've accepted that. That's okay. Yeah. And I have changed, you know, I, I am a lot more guarded with my emotions sometimes now when it comes to people and I don't trust as easily. And I, I have an attachment an anxious attachment style now that I'm working through, Mm -hmm. but I don't regret any of the decisions I made because it led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And it was hard, but it was worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. You mentioned attachment styles. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know where to go. I've got so much to say about this. But have you read a book, uh, the book called Attached? I don't know if you've come across no. that one. It's got like a magnet on the front cover. Okay. I'm, I'm going through it. It's really good. Okay. Really good. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Check Attached. it out. It's really cool. And I think um, I have a similar attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so it's the journey to try and, you know, move towards secure attachment yeah and there's you know steps whichever side you're on Mm -hmm. to try and get to that sort of central point let's say Um, yeah it does definitely look like it's something that you can achieve because mm. I also know loads of other people in my life who don't have a different attachment style Mm. to me um but I I think what I felt was that there's power in acknowledging Mm -hmm. this stuff in your life yeah and acknowledging like back when I was ill just being like, I'm, I'm ill mm. and acknowledging that. And it took me ages. Mm. I was living in complete denial. And I think, you know, most of that was grief and sure. the journey that you go on with grief. Yeah. And, but also some of that was just acknowledging where I am and mm. standing up one day and getting out of bed finally and being like, okay, today's the day, which was so scary, mm. but I'm so thrilled that mm. I did it. There's a, I don't know who said this quote, um, but they say the best way to grieve, sorry, the best way to overcome grief is to grieve. Yeah. And everybody else, well, not everybody else, we have a tendency to avoid the grieving process. Yeah. Thinking that it won't catch up with us, but yeah. it will catch it up with does. us. It does. And yeah. I, do you know what? My dad passed away on the Friday and my graduation was the Saturday. Oh, wow. And I remember my dad passing away and he passed away at home so we had to deal with all of that and then on the Friday afternoon I went to get my eyebrows done because I was in complete to be honest I think I was in shock sure so I went to get my eyebrows done and I made the decision to go to my graduation even though it wasn't how we were going to plan to do it at all you know I planned for my dad to be there Mm -hmm. and I went to the graduation and I was like I look back now and I was honestly living in this haze of shock and grief and everything like that I look, I'm so grateful I went because it, I had to, you know, celebrate what you achieve. Right. And mm. I loved my uni experience and I'm glad I got to graduate and celebrate that. And as a dad myself, yeah, I'd want you to have gone yeah. if I was in that position. Well, yeah. that's what he said to me. Mm. He's like, you can't miss anything mm. just because I'm ill or I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I think I was just with, when you lose someone, you go into planning, mm-hmm. like I was planning the funeral and yeah. doing all these things. And then it suddenly just hit me one day. I, genuinely I can remember where we were I was I was actually in Barcelona mm-hmm. in on this random street and I remember just all hitting me and I was like oh my gosh I don't even know where I am mm-hmm. like I was that disorientated and I think that's normal to kind of go into that shock but mm-hmm. the minute I allowed myself to grieve and to mm-hmm. acknowledge what had happened that's that's when the fun started mm-hmm. I think and that's where the courage I had no choice but to be courageous and yeah. choose that over yeah. anything else and yeah i'm but glad yeah. you did me too <laughs> <laughs> can i ask you what was uh something inspirational that your dad uh, an impact that he would have had on you that was inspirational my dad's quote in life was the best is yet to come and i just truly believe that i believe that in a sense that not that i'm you know I'm not sat here thinking I'm happy, but I could be happier. The best is yet to come. Mm. I'm just thinking that every day is a new day Mm. and every day something amazing will come because Mm. the best is yet to come. Mm. So 
you know, something amazing will happen every day and I'm taking day by day. But I just remember that all the time. If there's anything that I'm struggling with or something didn't go my way, I'm like, the best is yet to come. Mm. One, because, you know, I'm young. And two, because my dad said it. So it's got to be true. <laughs> but yeah, he was a true optimist. Mm. Nothing would ever phase him. And I'd like to think that I got that quality from him. It sounds like you did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah beautiful yeah what what would be something that you'd want people out there to 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 do in their lives based on what we've talked about today based on your journey around courage Um, what's your golden tip mm, I think simply it would be if you are struggling just say just tell someone and ask for help whatever means that may be if that's just ringing a friend, if that's booking therapy, if that's buying the journal, mm. go encourage yeah, journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, because I think if you are in that place where you're struggling and it might not, it might not be something crazy. It might not be mental health. It might be finance finances, or it might be you're struggling with your image, body image, or it might just be that you're struggling making friends. Mm. Like uh, just tell someone. Mm. And I, and I, and I can guarantee that when you tell, when you actually speak it out, you'll have a hold of it mm. more than you did when it was just inside. Yeah. Um, cause there's power in speaking it out and, Definitely. and calling it out. So that's what I would say. Okay. And watch the blind side. And watch the blind <laughs> side. Definitely got to watch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you agreed to come on. I've had such a good time. I think we had an Instagram chat, didn't we? I was like, hey, yeah, Becca, yeah. come on the podcast. In fact, while you're here, um, I think I think something on your Instagram, I think you're singing. I think there's like a show reel or something. Yeah, my, my um, vocal reel. And it, oh, you're amazing, Thanks. incredible <laughs> singer. Wow. Thank you. Like multi-talent, like so dancing, acting and singing. Yeah, they're my... I'm quite seeing you in your dancing yet, but no. but singing, wow, I was blown it's away. It's okay, I was tap dancing on the West End with Ian, so it's fine. Nice, yeah, you've got, you've got some skills, you've got some skills. <laughs> no, yeah, thank you. Um, and just if people, you know, want to connect with you online, where's the best place to find you? How could they... Ooh. Probably, I want to say something cool, like you can ring my agent, but like, this is like I can't give out his personal details. Sure. Um, maybe just Instagram, Becca okay. Francis, find me there. Brilliant. I'll put a link in the description below Thanks. as well. I've had such a good time. It's nice to just chat and yeah, yeah speak yeah. about things. Thanks so much. I think you've, um, yeah, you've given us all a lot to think about. Um, love to have you back in the future. Yeah. We're going to do a, we're, we're starting very soon, actually. We're going to do a relationship series. Oh, so if you've got goodness. some thoughts around relationships, uh, it'd be really interesting. I think they're, yeah. they're a fascinating part of the human journey. They are. And like I said, we're not meant to do life mm. by ourselves, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah. so it'd be really cool to maybe <laughs> have you right back one. for that. Yeah, um, sure. And, and chat through some of that stuff. Let's do cool. it. Well, thank you so much thank again. Thank you. And um, yeah, uh, whatever you're doing. Whatever you, wherever you're listening from, um, yeah. move forward and go encourage. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Becca Francis. And I think there's a lot there for us to process and really think about what she had to share with us based on her experiences around courage. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out. Uh, you can click on the subscribe button below, like the video if you found it useful, do write in the comments if you'd like to reach out to Becca uh, and you can also follow her on her Instagram as well. If you don't already know, we also have the Courage Journal available now. You can go to www.goencourage.com to get yourself a copy. 
All right, until the next time, keep moving forward and keep going in courage. Bye.